everyone. Welcome to the Change Your Game with GTD podcast. My name is Todd Brown, and as always, I'm here with Robert Peake. Hello. And what we thought we'd talk about today, Robert, you and I were kicking some things around before we got on air, and um, what we thought we would talk about today is alignment. And when we say alignment, what we're really talking about is how do I make sure that as I'm making my tactical choices, I suppose, you know, day to day about what to focus on, that what I'm doing is is maximizing the chances that those individual action choices are best aligned with my bigger picture. So what do I want to be achieving? What do I want to be? What do I want to be accomplishing? You know, medium term, long term. And, and ultimately, I suppose, to what extent can I have some confidence that what I am doing day to day is alignment with my core principles, who I am. So, so we're at a pretty high, you know, we're, we're, we're up here. We're up in the, we're up in the higher horizons, as we say in the game. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm just curious, what's your, what's your experience been with this? I mean, is this something that you, um, I, I guess I'm, I'm asking the question because my experience, my experience is that an awful lot of people, when they first get exposed to GTD, the thing that they're drawn to are the the uh, the tools that we give people and the ways of working that help them to gain control, right? So how do I get control of my day to day? How do I deal with my overflowing inbox? How do I deal with the many, you know the multiple demands that I have on my time? Um, and for a lot of people, I think this kind of appreciation that what all of that enables is this focus on the the bigger picture. And the longer term and the more strategic. Um, so f- I think for many people that that comes later. And I'm curious what your own experience was of that. Yeah, um, you know, my experience was a little different. I was lucky enough, believe it or not, to pretty much kick off my working life as an adult with GTD. And um, so, needless to say, I'm a pretty big fan of the, the uh, you know, the newly released GTD for Teens book and the work that we're doing to get this down, you know, to to people who are, are earlier and earlier in their career. And I love that that millennials are grabbing onto this, and um, and younger people are um, are discovering GTD as I did. So my experience was um, was very much one of um, having some some, you know, I guess an interrelationship um, between goals and the execution of them that I think um, was, was is somewhat rare. So I think a, a lot of people, what I experience um, in working with clients and, and just in day-to-day interactions is that there can be a real significant disconnect between um, goals we put out and the ability to, to have confidence that we're going to be moving toward those, you know, and making and making effective progress. Um, and what's beautiful about the GTD methodology um, is that it really is true, as David says, that, that the better you get, the better you better get, meaning the more um, adept you are at executing successfully and um, making things work in your life, the more you'll take on, you know, just as a, as a almost natural um, process of wanting to grow and learn and, and progress as a, as a human being. Um, but I think we all have that drive. We all have some implicit sense of wanting to um, to be better, to do better, to strive for more. Um, for some people, I think it gets rather potentially dimmed or that people get a bit beat down or worn down in life, but it's there, right? I think from, from early. And um, it, what's remarkable to me is that 
so many, we all have this, but we haven't all made this explicit. So to me, one of the really powerful things about the Getting Things Done methodology is that it gives us a way to not only externalize the day-to-day and get control of that, but externalize the bigger picture and get in touch with that in, in deeper and more significant ways um, that, that help us to orientate toward moving toward that in ways that just sort of having a vague goal or stating it, you know, in our head or feeling like, you know, one of the, one of the, the phrases I chuckle at all the time is when people say, well, I'll try to, I'll try to show up. I'll try to do that. I'll try to, I'll, 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 I'll try to remember to, to answer that email. <laughs> just do or do not. There is no try. You know, the, the, the great, the great GTD master Yoda um, really had it right. You know, that, you know, when we're, when we're vague, about what we want, or we're vague about what we're committed to doing, we get vague results, basically. Hmm. So I don't know if that, that um, matches some of, some of your experience in the um, having come to this slightly later in your career or not. Or Yeah, no, I, I think you know, it's, it's, a, it's a really good, I think it's an interesting contrast, right? So you were at the beginning of your professional career, maybe, uh, uh, you know, not not so deep into the feeling that you're being overwhelmed by what's coming at you, right? Whereas I, I was in a challenging place when I first got exposed to GTD. You know, it was, a, it was in many ways a good place, new role, lots of responsibility, um, you know, great organization, but also had the sense that, boy, there's an awful lot on, right? And so I was, the thing that appealed to me first, and I think I've gone into this in a previous podcast, was the control aspect, was I, I really need to get control first. Um, and it's interesting, as you were saying, we all have this internal sense that there is more and bigger and we have these drives. I, I think that you're you're right for many of us. And I also think that it's for many of us, it's just so it's so covered over in a sense by uh, by our feeling of just being overwhelmed with the day to day. Like, don't bother me with what my life purpose is. I've got 423 unread emails, right? You know, I just, I, I need to be, uh, this, this is what a lot of people are saying to us in essence. Um, I need to be somewhat in control before any of that shows up for me. Right. And so, you know, there's a great quote from David Allen that says, you know, when, when you pay attention to what has your attention, you'll find out what really has your attention, right? And so I think what's implicit in that is this idea that, <clears throat> to your point, you know, we are kind of drawn naturally as, as things get sorted at the lower levels, as we, as we get into control at the kind of next actions and projects level, that our attention very naturally just tends to go up and we send, tend to then say, okay, well... Let me think about roles. Let me think about medium-term, long-term planning. Let me think about, you know, why I'm on the planet. So I think for a lot of people, it's that, myself included, it was initially that kind of, okay, I need to be in control first um, before I can have any energy on any of the rest of that. Um, and what's been fascinating for me is, you know, that that's a, that, that horizons of focus model um, is is something obviously. I mean, I've been I've been aware of it and looking at it for for 13 years, right? Since I started doing GTD, but the richness that's in there is just astounding, you know. And and what's what's strange about that is, on the one hand, you sort of look at the model and you go, okay, it's not counterintuitive. There's nothing there where you go, well, that's rocket science. I never would have thought of that. 
But what I think what I think David did, and this is this is wonderful. Um, the, I think a, a kind of a wonderful element is or, or or perspective is it's you know going back to this idea of clean edges, right? Um, you know, say to somebody, talk about your goals. What are your, what's your vision for your future? What's your, you know, all of a sudden, you know, you want to talk about squishy and not well-defined goals. Okay. Well, I'd really like to have some nice soup for lunch. And, um, you know, by the end of the week, I'd really like to make sure that the bins get put out and, you know, which is not really on the same level as, um, well, I'd, I'd really like to be living in a different country and speaking a different language fluently. And right. So this whole idea of, 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 time banding outcomes right again a, a, in some ways kind of an intuitive approach and yet the the kind of the great thing about that model is it says well look here's a here's a really sensible way to think about those time bands right so um so yeah the model i think the model i think can be very very helpful i and and i i, I love the word alignment you know this whole idea that Ultimately, as I'm making decisions day to day about what to do, I want to make sure that as far as possible, those decisions are aligned with, um, uh, you know, not just, you know, not just dealing with what's arrived today, but that I've, a phrase I've started to use more and more is, you know, let's give my dreams a chance, right? Those longer term things that I'd really like to be making happen in the world, let's make sure they've got a fighting chance to be happening too. So this kind of alignment with, alignment and balance with what I want to make happen, I think is really, um, is important and is something that the, that the methodology supports. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, hearing you talk about that, you know, what the, what has your attention question and the sort of the simple power of that, I reflect that, yes, m many people need help just getting, getting out. They're buried. Um, they need, they need a flashlight, you know, they need a torch, they need a rope. Um, but for some, uh, you know, their attention is, for example, at the areas of focus level, if if major changes are happening in their life, um, becoming a parent or changing job, right? The areas of focus suddenly become really significant called how do I, you know, how do I deal with the fact that all of that is, is moving? And organizations, you know, talking about alignment, very often a lot of the more kind of strategic thinking and the, the thinking that, you know, you go offside or you get a large number of people into a room and, and you realize the hourly rate, right, when you have that many, many very senior people in a room is, is pretty high. Um, so they invest in thinking at these higher horizons. They invest in thinking about who do we want to be as a company five years from now. So we do dip into the model in different places other than, you know, what what's the next action? What's the next email how do we get you just even a little space to start to think about this? Um, sometimes it's a little bit artificial in the sense that we make the time for the offsite and then we bring it back and then we try to execute on it. Um, but it can be, you know, alignment can work just as well in, in relation to a team as it can an individual. And I, I don't know about you, but I, I sometimes feel like there's a, there's a small family in here, right? You know, we are legion, right? In terms of the interests, in terms of the demands, in terms of what side of the bed I wake up, you know, on a particular day and how I feel about things, so forth. So um, getting alignment in, in within yourself, right? Even just within all the different aspects of you to decide. And, and to me, alignment is very much about not only identifying what you intend to do, but using that as a reference point to also let go of the things that aren't in alignment 
with that intention, right? To, to be able to say a conscious no, to be able to say a no that doesn't feel like I'm just turning something down, but rather I'm creating space by not putting my energy into that because this is where I really want to go. Mm. And I think so many people um, say to me, saying no is hard, saying no is painful saying no goes against my cultural conditioning what my mother taught me it feels impolite it, it doesn't feel like being a team player etc etc et um so i think to me alignment empowers not only the big yeses that you're headed toward but also empowers you to say no which you know a lot of people i think struggle struggle with considerably you know, as you're talking about it, um, the, the the word alignment is I'm, I'm kind of appreciating something that, that I'm having an aha moment, as we'd say, um, that, of course, if you're going to be aligned, what that implies is that you've been clear about where you're headed. Right. If you don't know where you're going, it's very difficult to be aligned. Right. With that. And I think that's a critical piece of this, you know, that that one of the things that I think that I'm starting to appreciate as I get as I get, you know, more and more into this work. And it's obviously an ongoing process, but is that at its core, getting things done makes the assumption that we are interested in being productive you know, that we are at our core productive beings, that we want to make things happen in the world. Now, how productive you want to be versus me and what we're focused on and all of that, that that's completely personal, of course, and it's going to be very different for, di for different people. But what, I'm, what I think I'm becoming more clear about is the fact that what GTD enables is is sort of the, the 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 flourishing of that aspect of us. In other words, it's getting rid of all of the friction that gets in the way of us being productive human beings. There was a there's a really poignant um, interview that I read with someone um, not long ago who was who was in the in the terminal stages of a very of a of a, of a fatal disease, and they were interviewing him and they said to him, you know, what what are you doing with your time? I don't remember the exact question. But basically what he said was, um, in in the time that I have left, I want to be as productive as possible. And I thought about that. And I thought, that is really interesting, you know, that, that this man at this point in his life is still focused on what can I make happen? What can I change? What can I enable for me and for others in the world? And so it's, it's one of these things about GTD that I'm, that I'm, becoming more aware of and really and really treasuring frankly is that th this this idea that at our core we are productive you know we are as i think i've said before we are teleological beings we are purpose driven beings and and gtd just enables us to be productive in the most friction free ways possible i like that yeah and yeah, it makes a lot of sense and you know i think um as you say, productivity is very personal. So what may look productive for me may be completely out of alignment for someone else. And just maybe the, the wrong thing to be focused on. But how do you know? You know, and I think um, you know, whether you're a young person just entering the workforce now or you're in our sort of, you know, mid mid career and, and sort of blinking into the lights and looking around and going, is this is this is all this is all there is, and you know what, what's what's next, and do I want to make some big change or or not? Um, you know, I think having a way to 
externalize, evaluate, and move upon uh, those things that call to you, right? Um, and I think all of us, whether you know whether or not it's in a formal sense, there are those vocations, there are those moments in life where something really calls to you at an intuitive level and says, "This might be this might be yours. This might be you over here." Mm. Um, having a way to identify that and again evaluate what you're actually doing to move toward that um, is simple but profound in my experience. It's, mm. it's it's simple but profound, and the difference between exteriorizing that, reviewing that, being in touch with that, creating projects and the actions and seeing yourself move toward that and not very often is the difference between, between simply getting there or, or wishing, wishing that you did, you know? Um, so people, you know, when they say, I feel, I, I feel adrift or I don't, I don't know, you know, feel like I'm getting to the bigger picture stuff. I mean, it generally comes down to, have you identified it? And have you been reviewing it? And by reviewing it, I don't just mean looking at it, although that can help because just the act of reviewing or looking at what you've said or set out as a goal starts to, it seems like it starts to, to wire the brain in a different way toward that. Um, but also reviewing in the sense of looking at what you said you wanted to do and looking at the resources you've allocated toward that, right? What you've said yes and no to. Um, or as an organization, the resources you've allocated toward toward particular goals, and which is again a lot of yes and no decisions. Uh, you know, whether it's on a PNL or it's in just in your social life. Um, and you know, have you have you identified concrete um, commitments about that that you're that you're going to um, fulfill and follow through on, whether they're at the project level or the action level or at some higher level. Have you said, you know, are you doing things toward that? So um, I think it makes an enormous difference in the execution of the things. And I think also, as you said, we are we are purpose-driven. And without a sense of purpose, um, you know, I, I think um, you can start to sort of count the days, you know, <laughs> frankly. I mean, it can be a bit of a, you know, a, a slow race toward the end um, rather than um, rather than feeling like, um, you know, there, there is a, something out there that does call me that is, that is mine to do, and I'm moving toward it, even if I'm not there, even if it may take a long time to get there. The, the fact of moving toward it has its own um, uh, contentment and sense of purpose and sense of rightness in, in my experience. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm with you, and, and, and as you're talking about it, I think the other thing that it requires of us, though, is that we are, and this is especially true if you talk about kind of your medium and your long-term goals, is that you're that you're willing to live with, um, willing to live with a sense of I'm not really sure how I'm going to get there. Right? We really need to be able to own that idea that this is something that I want. This is something that I intend, um, and I'm not 100% sure that or how that I'm going to get there or how I'm going to get there. Right. So. Um, but as you say, you know, just just identifying those outcomes makes them more likely to happen, right? Being concrete, writing them down, and saying, "This is what I want to do." I, I do that in my seminars. When the at the beginning of the seminar, one of the things that the delegates do is is write down what their intended art outcomes are for the day or for the seminar. You know, if it's a, a two day, one of our standard two days or whatever it is, they um, they write that down, and and I say to them, you know, just because you've written it down, it's more likely to happen. 
right. But I think, yeah, I, th I think that that's a that's also a requirement. We have to be able to live live in a state of uh, live in a state of 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 hope and optimism and, and quite about our, about our outcomes, our intended outcomes. And I think we also from time to time have to do an evaluation that says, you know, that was my outcome. And now after having lived with it for weeks or months or whatever is appropriate, I just have the sense that that's not the right outcome. So it might be that it's time for a pivot and we go in some other direction, or it's time that that just is an outcome that we give up on and decide that's not going to happen. Right. So we can't guarantee outcomes, of course. But um, but the power of just identifying them and focusing on them, as you say, uh, that significantly increases the chances that they're going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. And I like the little you know guideline of sort of fifty one percent believable, right? Yeah. Meaning, meaning it's a it's a stretch. It's maybe a big stretch. Like whoa, this is this is a goal that I have no idea how I'm, I'm going to reach. But it's there's some factor of it's slightly more likely than not. You know, given my life circumstances where I'm at. I could see this happening more than I could think, oh, that's ridiculous. This will never happen, right? So it's within the realm of possibility in terms of achieving it. And I also think within the realm of possibility in terms of the kind of timeline you want to set on it, right? Mm -hmm. Because we were talking a lot about productivity and how personal it is. And, you know, frankly, sometimes the most efficient thing you can do is take a rest, right? I mean, that that is efficiency, um, even if it's not necessarily producing an external result, because frankly, you, you know, you don't just want to slam down on the gas pedal until you run out of gas, right? That's, that's never a good approach to, well, to driving, you know, on the M25 or, or to going toward any, any particular thing you've set out for yourself to do. So um, I think there is a a real confidence and um, yeah, and I guess the word yeah, con contentment that can, that can come with um, putting out something big. And there's really kind of something sort of um, playful and interesting about putting putting something out there that you know you want and not knowing exactly how you're going to get there. Mm -hmm. There's a kind of um, I, I don't know a sense of relationship to the world after, from that point on for me anyway, where you go. All right, let's see how this is going to work. Let's see how. Let's see what shows up. Let's see what I can make happen. You're orientated toward that, um, and then I think you just need to be reasonable, um, patient, um, sensible. You know, lean into things rather than dive into things mm -hmm. um, in relation to that. But great many things, you know, in in my world began with uh, fifty one percent believability. You know, mm -hmm. just right around fifty one percent too. It was it was really almost could have gone either way. But I went, no, yeah, th this could happen. This feels right. Mm -hmm. um, and then from there, things you know things started to coalesce. So it's powerful. It's subtle and powerful. And um, you know, it's it's not magic. It's not some sort of foofy thing. It really is about your relationship to you on an ongoing basis in terms of how you allocate your energy and your focus more than mm -hmm. anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And being clear about those, you know, owning them as commitments, right? I am committed to doing this is I think, is I think part of, uh, I'm, I'm repeating what you said with slightly different words, but I think that's a really important part of it. Um, so, okay, I think we're, we're coming sort of to the end of our time today. Do you have any, any uh, if we were going to write the, uh, the executive summary of this session, anything you'd like to say or any tips for people as they take this information and, and, uh, and have a go at implementing it in their own lives? Yeah, I mean, I think if um, you're feeling a little rudderless, um, 
or even if you you know what you want but you're kind of scared you know that uh, fear and enthusiasm are sit pretty closely together in the human emotional register um for those things uh, you need to get them out and acknowledge them you can acknowledge their existence and at least take a step lean lean in that direction um of those things that that you want more of in your life um and see and see where you may be in or out of alignment with that in terms of what you're allocating this works just as well for an individual as it does for an organization um because you know an externalized goal is a as you as you said Todd, considerably more likely to be achieved goal mm. so i think externalization getting it out there vague, you know vague, vague ideas lead to vague results and, and so don't be vague go for it what about you um, i'm with you and I, and i would uh i would just add that the more you can make that vision of whatever it is that you want to achieve um, uh, emotionally resonant, right? So have a look at what would this, you know, spend some time on it, not just I've got a new car, I've got an incredibly flash new car sitting in front of my house and uh, all of my friends and neighbors want to come over and go for a ride. I don't know, you know, pick, pick yourself up to pick yourself something that really speaks to you. Um, it benefits for yourself benefits uh, to to the to your family to your friends to the community to the wider world what would it look like if that thing was wildly successful because again the more we're identifying those things and making them emotionally resonant the more likely again the more likely we are to engage with them and also the more likely they're to be they are to be realized in the world great stuff robert thank you as always it's been a pleasure Thanks, everyone, for being a part of this. Thank you for being a, a, a listener or a viewer here on the Change Your Game with GTD podcast. As always, please do visit us. You can find us on the web at uh, www.next-action.eu. That's next-action.eu. You can also find us on um, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, and on, on Twitter. You can follow us there. Um, and if you have any topics that you'd like us to discuss on the podcasts, uh, please do let us know. We're very happy uh, to have suggestions. We've over the last year or so, we've done two or three, I think, from uh, from folks who have suggested them. So please do let us know if there's anything that you'd like us to be talking about. We'll throw those in the hopper as possibilities. And we'll look forward to seeing you next time.